0: A man with one watch knows what time it is, and a man with two watches could never be sure. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. That old quip about timepieces comes to mind when we see Christians trying to live their lives both by the Word of God and by the whims of culture. When your authorities disagree, which do you follow? Let's think some more about Colossians 3. Jim will make the case that the people of God are Scripture-centered.
1: You brought your copy of God's Word with you this morning. I trust open it to Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 3. We want to understand what God expects of His people today, here, now. When folks come to visit us at Grace They have every right to expect to see these things manifest. In Colossians chapter three, there are a list of these things. Before I read the list, let me refer your attention to the series of messages. You'll note that we began the messages by talking about the church, the body of Christ, and we we made the observation that the church is to reflect the triunity of God. God is three in one. And the church is to be a community living out a relationship with God in their relationship with each other. We are God's image bearers. We are his sons. We are part of the new creation. We have a special relationship with him. And we are separate from others who have not come into a vital personal relationship with God and been born again. In the passage before us, we've learned that God's people are to be kind and long-suffering, gentle, meek, tender. What wonderful qualities should demonstrate that God's spirit resides within us and we should be different than the rest of the groups in the community, however noble their cause may be. We notice, thirdly, that God's people are gracious and forgiving. They are forbearing with others, and they are forgiving rather than seeking revenge or retaliation. Just as Jesus Christ has forgiven me freely, completely, I am to forgive you freely and completely. We notice that the kind of life we're describing is energized by the Spirit of God. Last week we looked at how many of these qualities are expressly stated to be The result of the spirit of God's dwelling in the life of the individual believer and expressing himself in the community relationships. The qualities that are found here in this passage are also noted many times in the New Testament. In other words, Colossians is not an isolated case. What Colossians is talking about here in these qualities of life goodness, and long-suffering, and meekness, and patience, and love. These are qualities that are throughout the whole New Testament expected of the church and reflected in the life of Jesus Christ himself. This morning, we are to note that, that the community around us should call us people of the book. Several years ago, when my children were first playing soccer, I had never seen a soccer match before. I was brand new to the game. I mean brand new, brand new, brand new. And I went to see the first game that my children were involved in playing. I paced up and down the far sideline, screamed at the referee, told him how terrible he was doing, how badly he was calling the game. There was an interlude and he walked by me and said, behind his whistle, sir, have you ever read the rule book? And I thought, no, but what's that got to do with it? Those are my children out there. Many of you have not read the rule book. I thought at first it would be fun to give you a quiz this morning, just about basic Bible knowledge. I mean, just basic facts decided against that. That seemed to be contrary to the spirit of kindness, gentleness, In Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle says these things about what our neighbors should experience when they come to worship with us. Verse 14, above all these things put on love, which is the bond or chain of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, whatever You do, in word or in action, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, that word in verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your heart, only occurs here in your New Testament and Old Testament. It's the word the Greeks used for an umpire or a referee. The umpire knows the rule book and is given the responsibility of applying the rules to the flow of the game. He must have internalized that rule book, understanding the infractions, understanding the penalties because from the time the ball is put into play, he is God on that field or on that court. It is his job, his responsibility, to take the rule book and impartially apply the rules to the actions of the game. And where there's an infraction, it is his responsibility to drop the the flag or blow the whistle and impose the penalty. That's what the umpire does. When the pitch is made, it's his job to judge whether it is a strike or a ball. When the ball is hit out of the infield, it is his job to determine whether it is fair or foul. This is not capricious. This is not something he just makes up as he goes along. He plays or calls the game according to the rule book. When he is calling the game according to the rule book, all of the players. All of the fans and all of the staff and coaches involved should accept and support his action. The unruly kind of barbaric activity you see today on the field, on the court, and in the stands is uncivilized and insane. The only way you can have any form of sportsmanship in any contest where two competing people or teams are seeking to gain advantage, the only way you can have a fair game is for all involved to respect, to understand, to know the rule book. Got that? Many, many, many church fights, many squabbles between parents and children and mates within a family and committees within a church are the direct result of people refusing to study the rule book. And as a result, peace is impossible. Now, what does it mean? Can you get a picture in your mind of... Peace, ruling, umpiring, governing all of our activities. We do it every day. We do it all the time. In our home, we have smoke detectors. As long as there is peace, no problem. But if a smoke detector goes off, we don't throw the smoke detector out on the lawn. Last week, we talked about systems that were designed to keep the electric current flowing to the homes and businesses of much of the Northeast. All of that went down because the umpire failed to respond or the system of warnings didn't work. As long as there's peace in our home, Things are cool. When something goes wrong or potentially brings danger, then the alarm rings. When you get in your car in just a few moments and turn it on, if all the red lights on the dash go off, that's cool. You start driving down Lazelle Road and a red light goes on, that's the umpire telling you something is wrong. Ignore it and you may be in very serious problem. Pain in your body is the umpire telling you something's wrong. Get it fixed. Get it checked. Stop doing whatever you're doing that's agitating or irritating or disrupting the normal pattern of health in your body. When you get up in the morning and you have peace in your body, there is no pain, you're doing fine. Now what this is telling us is that the normal expectation of the people of God is that they will dwell in peace and that they will adopt that attitude, attitude of wholesome peacefulness in their relationships with one another. And that when the alarm goes off, THAT'S A SIGN THAT SOMETHING IS WRONG, NOT GOOD. THE UMPIRE, THE PEACE OF GOD, IS BEING DISTURBED. NOW THIS WORKS AT A VERY INDIVIDUAL AND PERSONAL LEVEL. WHEN I HAVE PEACE IN MY HEART AND I'M CONTEMPLATING a direction or decision of something I want to do, the peace in my heart gives me inner assurance, subjective assurance, that I'm pursuing what God wants. And when I turn on the television and a commercial comes up that I shouldn't be watching, inside me a little buzzer goes off. And every Christian experiences that the time. If you don't, you may be in very serious trouble. You may have what the Bible calls a hardened heart or a deadened conscience. And that's like driving your automobile after you've cut all the sensors. It makes no sense at all. You are in extreme danger. But the peace of God is that inner quality, both individual and in a congregation, where things are moving well. And when that's disturbed, when that's disrupted, that's a sign that something needs to be addressed. How do we know what to address? Well, that comes to us from verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, the word dwell there means to settle down, to be at home. It means that the word of Christ, both the things that are said about Jesus Christ and the things that Jesus Christ said about himself and about us and about reality, that that truth is made welcome In our midst, it means that we surrender our opinions to the statements of Jesus. It means that we submit our actions to His scrutiny and His examination. It means that we believe that if we follow the Word of Jesus, the Word of Christ, we will be operating wisely. And so we're not seeking other sources of direction or counsel. That should say a lot to us this morning about where we go for advice. And it certainly should make every one of us a little uneasy if we're not bathing our minds in this book. Because this book is the only source of the word of Christ. It's the only place you can find out what Jesus said. It's the only place that you can find out what Jesus meant by what he said and how that applies to us from commentators, teachers, who were gifted by the very spirit of God himself. Two years ago, three years ago now, eighty-six percent of teenagers surveyed claimed to be Christian. Sixty percent believe that salvation can be earned through good deeds. Uh, 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 what's wrong with that picture? That sixty percent are not abiding by the word of Christ. They didn't get that opinion from the pages of this book. They are either rebelling against what they know this book says or they are ignorant of what this book says. That's not wisdom. That's dangerous. Destructive. Thirty-four percent, only thirty-four percent of those who claim to be Christians could be identified as born again. That is, based on their having made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ and a belief that after they die, they will go to heaven solely because they've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Only 34%. Does that sound a signal? I wonder how many of our teens. I wonder how many of our teens' parents, grandparents, have not been born again, and you know it. Three out of five teens said they believe the Bible is totally accurate in all that it teaches. Three out of five? Two-fifths. Forty percent do not have confidence in the statements of the Word of Christ, the Bible. Here's one more. Two-thirds believe that Satan is merely a symbol of evil rather than a living being. 53% think that Jesus sinned while he was here on the earth as a man. Now, listen, folks. That kind of stinking thinking, that kind of ignorant arrogance will make the peace of God flee. The peace of God will not abide in a heart that is in violation of the Word of God. The Word of Christ is foundational. It leads us to wisdom and results in teaching and admonishing one another. It also leads in helping us dedicate everything we do. No sacred and secular. No Monday through Saturday and then Sunday special. Everything, whatever we do, is according to this book to be dedicated to Jesus Christ as a holy offering as an activity where you understand you are representing the Lord Jesus Christ and where you are in your words and in your conduct behaving as he would behave according to his word in that given set of circumstances or situation. I am so glad and over the years have been so thrilled that the people of grace have been known as people who carry their Bibles to church. I'm so glad that you go to Sunday school classes to study this book. I'm so glad you're involved in classes and small groups throughout the week to study this book. This book, the Scriptures, are under attack. They're under attack because Satan knows their source, their strength. And Satan knows that if he can separate you from this book, he can conquer your life and use you as a detriment to the cause of Jesus Christ. Friends, the umpire in the midst of the believers The umpire in the individual heart of the believer is the peace of God. That peace of God is informed by the word of God, the word of Christ. The purpose of that peace is to cause us to know that we are growing and becoming and behaving like Jesus Christ, or we are failing to do that. When we fail to do that, the peace departs and we become full of pride, fear, anxiety, uncertainty. When the peace of God is there, based upon what we know of the Word of God, then there is joy, There is gentleness, there is confidence, there is purpose, there is fruit.
0: Archbishop Thomas Cranmer said, If the church and the Christian faith did not stay itself upon the word of God certain, as upon a sure and strong foundation, no man could know whether he had a right faith and whether he were in the true church of Christ or in the synagogue of Satan. Jim's message is called, The People of God Are Scripture-Centered. We heard the complete sermon today. You can re-listen to it on CD for a gift of $7 or more. For your gift of $59 or more, we'll send you all 17 messages in the series, The People of God. To order that CD album, stand by for our contact info. If new scientific discoveries keep demolishing our old assumptions about the universe, pretty soon only the Bible will be left standing. In spite of that, or probably because of that, hostility toward the Word of God is increasing. At Right Start, we believe Thy Word is truth. If you're with us on that, consider praying and giving. We appreciate everyone in the harness with us. Thank you. Please help if you can. Mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800 984 On the web, find us at rightstartradio.org. You can listen to entire sermons or the radio shows online. You can download the sermons. You can donate online, email us, and more at rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. We've been talking about the people of God in general. In Colossians 4, Paul names names. We can learn together from their examples if you'll join us again on Thursday for the next Right Start. Right Start.